The American Psychiatric Association released a poll this year, and apparently we all agree that we are more anxious than we used to be. We worry about inflation, health, family, war, China, Russia, politics. They're all contributing factors. You know, in my ministry, I've never given much thought, I guess. I've never really leaned into the second coming of Jesus, but as the anxiety heightens up, you know, Lord Jesus, come soon, right? We need a little help. Luke's gospel may very well have been written to a congregation leaning into the hope of Jesus coming soon. They were being persecuted for what they believed. It's hard when faith is hard. So they asked, when is, Jesus, when is the kingdom come, of God coming? And to that question, Jesus says to anyone who has ears to listen, to pray always, to pray always and do not lose heart. If you were here last Sunday, you may remember that he told us a parable to encourage us to seek justice, to, to seek justice, to not, not, not lose hope on, in, on justice, just to keep praying for justice and living it out as we await the kingdom of God. Today, Jesus follows that parable up with one that encourages us to pray for mercy and not lose heart. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. From Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, hear the word of God. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home, justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This parable turns private prayers into public prayers. There are differences between private prayers and public prayers. Not everyone signs up for the public prayer. Don't ask me to pray, don't ask me to pray, is, is often the prayer when someone asks, is there anybody here who'd like to pray? Don't, don't ask me to pray. I do public praying, but I would prefer in my public praying to write my prayers out in advance. You see, my brain seems to work as fast as I type. <laughs> Be able to pray at the drop of a hat. Wow, I would love to have that gift. I marvel at people who do it so well. Some people are able to knit together uh, a public prayer with words that have four or five syllables in them, all in a string. I don't do that in a week. I can't, I don't know how they do that. 
Some who have the gift have a rare vocabulary. Holy and omnipotent God, as we draw near. When was the last time you asked anyone to draw near? That would not bubble up to the top of my brain. Some who have the gift can click over into the King James, from whence, O Lord, thy graces flow. Whence? When have you used whence? The public prayer comes out so well-dressed and eloquent, I think if I was a public prayer, I'd have an attitude. <laughs> Thank God I'm not like those other prayers, especially those private prayers there on the couch, like a potato just trying to come up with words. Oh, geez. You know, that's the private prayer. The private prayer is so disjointed. It wears sweatpants. The private prayer has a hard time holding itself together. It goes something like this. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. I just need to lift up my friend David to you. He's having surgery on Wednesday. Wednesday. Does the recycling go out on Wednesday? <laughs> we missed the recycling last month. I don't know why we have to order so much from Amazon. We've got, we've got more cardboard down in there. I mean, that's the sin of the private prayer. The public prayer would never do that. It holds together from beginning to end. Now, the distance from beginning to end for the public prayer can be quite a distance. We've all been held hostage by the public prayer. The private prayer, rather short, rather short. It gets things off its chest. It says things that no one would ever say in public, which is a shame. Because if the private prayer is made public, I mean, that's a spectator sport, is it not? I mean, who wouldn't want to listen in on some of the private prayers of those in this room? I knew it. I knew it. I knew she wasn't as good as she looks to be. I, I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> you are messed up. Man, God's got God's hands full with you. A little bit easier than me. I'm just glad I'm not you. I knew it. She wasn't as perfect as she says she is. I knew it. When the private prayer goes public, those are some telling secrets. The Pharisee was telling secrets. I would not think that the Pharisee would want his private prayer made public. He seems so insecure, doesn't he? Having to prove himself to God. Didn't you hear that in his prayer like he was praying, Lord, please pay attention to me. You are paying attention to me, right, Lord? I'm the one who fasts twice a week, Lord, if you're not counting, twice a week. I, without fail, fill out my pledge card on time. 10% of my gross income. If you're not paying attention to that, Lord, it's 10%. I'm one of the best you have, Lord. You know that, right? That's, that just seems so insecure, doesn't it? I mean, who's going to say to a friend, Aren't you glad that you have me over all your other acquaintances? I'm always here for you. 
Not like those other friends you have. I mean, who would say that? Imagine going to the parent and saying, Dad, I thank you that I'm not like your other son. All he wants is your inheritance. He'll just blow it on prostitutes and dissolute living. That's why I'm here, always here. Grateful you are, I'm sure, to see me staying on the farm, working really hard, listening to your every command. I give back to the family in many ways. You love me, right? When you're not sure that you're being loved, when you have to work at being loved, when you have to compare yourself to others so that you know that you're loved, when you want people to love you so much that you try so hard that you're not even you, that's a telling secret. In fact, I think that's hell. The Pharisee has to look like his name. The tax collector surely must look like his name. That's unfortunate. Sometimes you have to work at a job that you don't like and other people don't like. But you have to do it in order to make a living. I mean, who says, when I grow up, I want to be a debt collector? Nobody would say that. I want to hand out tickets to those people who park too long. <sighs> Nobody wants that job. I want to be a tax collector. Nobody says that. Nobody says that. Sometimes you have to just take a job because it pays the bills. Was he fair? Did he gouge? We don't know. But he cries out to God. And why does he cry out to God? We don't know. Was it because of his occupation? Or was it because of some terrible deed outside of his occupation? Did he say something that hurt a friend? Has he messed up his life and the lives of others around him through some addiction? We don't know. We do know what he prays. It's telling secret. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, the word here that is translated as mercy is different than any other word for mercy in the Bible. It's a rare word. It should be translated, be hopeful to me, a sinner. Be promising to me, a sinner. Don't give up on me, a sinner. In this story, there is no indication that he's going to turn his life around. It isn't like that tax collector Zacchaeus who comes down out of the tree and says, I'm going to make it all right. If I've defrauded anybody, I'll give them three, four, five times as much as I defrauded. There's nothing like that. I think he's stuck. Stuck. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? I'm stuck. I was stuck. I continued to be stuck, stuck moments ago. Every week, every week we make that public confession of sin, and then there's a silence for confession. It's never long enough for me, the silence for confession. And every week, I say virtually the same sins over and over and over again. Do you know what those sins are? 
I'm not going to tell you. It's a private prayer. I just want you to know I get stuck in sin, and so I get it. Don't you get it? Lord, be hopeful for me, a sinner. God, be promising to me, a sinner. Don't give up on me, a sinner. What I like about the parable is that it, well, it just tells us that we all need a little grace. The Pharisee who's still hard working on the farm, he needs a little hope, a little grace, a goat so that he might celebrate with his friends. You do love me, don't you, Lord? The tax collector needs a little hope, a little grace, a promise of love. Here's what I don't like. Luke has Jesus choosing one prayer over the other. Hmm. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. It seems to me if the Pharisee heard, from that, heard that from God, the Pharisee would humble himself. He would humble himself. And if the tax collector heard that from God, the tax collector, well, he couldn't be too smug. He'd have to stay humble. You have to be humble. You have to really be humble. And what I don't like about that is that it seems so calculating. And maybe that's what happens when the private prayer goes public. That's why, like what I like about Paul. When Paul talks about prayer, Paul says this. We know that we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit intercedes with groans too deep for words. We don't even know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit is on our side. We need help, Lord. Every single one of us in this room has some telling secret. We're afraid. We're worried. We're anxious. Oh, Lord, when are you coming? Because we need your help. Pray always and do not lose hope. And so we pray. Lord, be hopeful to us, we sinners. Lord, be promising to us, we sinners. Be encouraging to us. We have all fallen short. Be fair to us. Be optimistic for us. Don't keep your love a secret. And through the faith of Jesus Christ to the cross, and through the power of God, through the, through the resurrection, we declare that the mercy of our Lord is from everlasting to everlasting and that our sins are forgiven. The promise is our prayer that we will not lose hope. It's not a secret. It's not a secret. The Lord is merciful. It is not a secret. We tell of his love. We live out that love. We are the sinners who are also the light of the world. It's why we're here.
Thanks be to God.